Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double O and decided it was time to da 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 duel My name is Jeremy. I'm a graduate from the Shingeo School of Painting Cute Girl Models. I'm Tyler. I also quite like Maru for her personality. My name is Zach. Uh, today we are watching episode 17 of Gundam Build Fighters, Model of the Heart. The heart, not not anything above the heart. <laughs> it's for uh, studying anatomy, like training surgeons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those dummies that you can just remove organs from. Okay, hear me out. I actually want a custom bash of a ball that is a heart. I think that would be kind of fun. I think you could do it. Yeah, I think it, it's totally doable. I'm not the person to try, but you could definitely do that. Do you want it to go into a Xeong that's a circulatory system? Gun to Build Fighters, if this is your first episode, because now we're in the top 16 and you only care about the finals of the tournament, <laughs> you don't care about the weird group stage, is the story of two boys, Blue Oni Boy Say and Redoni Boy Reiji. They teamed up to be good at Gundam tournaments. Say is a shy, quiet builder boy who loves building Gumpla, but is too timid to fight with them well, because this is a world where you build a Gumpla model, and then you put it on a special field and magic particles make it move, and you control it to fight with it. And, and it Reiji, sounds rad as hell. It does, yes. <laughs> and Reiji is a genie or a mystical prince who has been reverse isekai or the illegitimate son of the president of the company that makes Gumpla. Or the or, main character of said president's fan fiction that simply happens to be here. Who, yeah, who got propped to light. He was a secret Plavsky experiment through Escape the Lab. Say's building rival, sort of, is Mao, because he's a kid his age from another district of Japan. Who did declare himself his rival and no one took it seriously. Yeah, he is the heir apparent to the Shingyo school of Gumpla building, a dojo where an old man builds Gumpla and Mao hangs out there. <laughs> he did, I One of my favorite lines that he says in this episode is like, after you've been building Gunpla at the Shingyo school as long as I have, I'm like, how long has Gunpla been popular here, old man? You haven't been doing this your entire life. Since about 1970. <laughs> Still plenty of time, I guess. Gundam came out in 79, so I don't know why I said uh, 70 there. He was doing it nine years early. <laughs> well, there might have been other models before then. Yeah, maybe it was just a model school before. <laughs> I'm just imagining him building, like, model cars. <laughs> like... Well, I know there's a, there's a big thing with, like, military models and whatnot. Now, granted, I don't know how many of those would have popped up in Japan. Uh, they were pretty niche here in the States. They were pretty popular. That's what built, led into the Gumpla boom, was that there was a big military model and battleship model and airplane model boom. And then that. what if giant robots? That yeah. would make some sense because you look at some of their ships from World War II. They've got some, their, their ships actually look pretty neat. The big pagoda masts on top. Oh, I was thinking of a different type of ship entirely. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> anyway, they're in the Gumpla World Championship. It's the top 16 and they're facing off against each other. Also, there's Ralsad. He's Ramba Ral. He's Saiyan Reiji's coach. And also Chena, Say's classmate, who has a crush on him and vice versa. Do any other characters show up in I this don't episode? know if she does, but I always want to mention Isla Yurkiainen because, It's you know, a fun name to say. And it's also, a fun name, and she's flirting with Reiji. Yes, she's flirting with Reiji. She is the Finnish representative being sponsored by a fracking magnate. She's on Team ne Nemesis where she is led by nine blathers, a, a man who runs the Flana Institute for finding good Gumpla pilots. 
Also, the fact that her backer is a fracking magnate is always funny. To I, me. They never mentioned it again. They have also not mentioned Team Nemesis ever since. I can't promise that the words Team Nemesis come up again. I can promise that fracking magnate will show up <laughs> before the end of the series. Um, I completely forgot about that one throwaway character, Gawain. Gawain, yeah, Gawain. I do not believe Man. Gawain might show up again, but I don't think so. He had such good character design, though. Same well, with I Carlos mean, Kaiser. Carlos Kaiser, the previous Finnish champ. Uh, anyway, Isla's untouchable. No one can beat her. Also, Ricardo Fellini. He's the Italian champ. He trained Reggie to be good at Gumpla. They just went head-to-head in the last episode. So watch that. It's actually a really cool fight. Yeah, no, that's actually a great fight. And his con consort, Kilala, she's a Gumpla idol. And also the image character slash commentator for the tournament. I was going to say, Ricardo does show up in this episode, but because I do have to point out something. Okay. You know, I... I just realized I kind of wish we got more commentating from the commentators because we know they exist, but they don't seem to. We, we get all of it filtered through every through like Reiji and uh, Say in them. We don't actually hear the commentators commentating. And yep. I want to I want to hear that guy from the uh, the battle between Niels Nielsen and Greco Logan. Unfortunately, he's banished to America. It's like <laughs> how Riot will never cast or never hire the Korean casters to do worlds, even though they're the best casters. We're stuck with Freak and Kobe, and Freak isn't even working for at Riot as a caster anymore, so I don't even know what we're going to get. Not a box of chocolates, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's That's been Riot rant for a minute. <laughs> also, there's Misaki, a girl who runs an inn that Mao and Sei stayed at once, and Mao had a crush on her. Oh, and I think uh, Rinko's here now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sei's mom. Sei's mom, Rinko. She's uh, voiced by the same person that did Maru Ramius, and has many of the same features and personality. <laughs> All guns fire? Yeah. <laughs> Start with the Lohengrin, and then Valiants, Godfreeds, Load Sledgehammers, and Wombats. Prepare Eagle Stellans. <laughs> you don't think I know all the guns of the Archangel. You're a fool. <laughs> I actually had to low up, or look up what the Lohengrins were for the dumb joke I wrote down in my notebook, because I could not remember their Why name. Why the hell can I not think of the name of it, so I fail. The Tonhauser? No, I was trying to think of the name of the ship from Destiny. Oh, from the Destiny? Nerva. The Minerva, yeah. I was going to say now do the Minerva, but because uh, I couldn't come up with the actual name of it. Tonhauser, Isolds, uh, what are the rail guns called? Don't got it. I, I think those might be the Tristans. They are the Tristans, yes. Because the, the, Tristans the guns Taylor. on the Minerva are named after operas. I believe the Archangels are as well. Lohengrin is, for sure. Uh, I don't know. If I don't know about the wombat. The, no, that's a missile. <laughs> or the valiants. The valiant may not be. I just remember those ones because I was doing. I was in a class for it at the time, and I when I watched Destiny, and every one of the Minerva's guns came up in conversation. I was like, "Holy crap!" Speaking of Destiny and models, you guys should take a look at the Master Grade Extreme Strike Freedom that just came out because it makes me want to spend $200 on a Strike Freedom model, and I never thought that <laughs> would happen. That's a name. We'll have to check on that when we do the, when we finish the recording. Yeah, here. between episodes, we can do that. You can see its majesty. Yeah, Master Grade Extreme is the new, and by that I mean three years ago, they released the Master Grade Extreme Unicorn, and this is the second in the Master Grade Extreme line. Yeah, I remember asking about it because like the Extreme is like dumb extra features yes. or something. Uh, the was- one for the Unicorn was literally, it was all LEDs in all of the uh, parts that light up in the center. The Strike Freedom is just... All of the gold. We put Goldfinger in this model kit and then sold it to you. <laughs> in the stream that I watch on occasion and whatnot, they were actually talking about building Gunpla after Adepticon at one point. And they're like, 
we should do the master grade. And I'm like, eh, maybe not. And they're like, holy crap, that's a really expensive. I'm like, yeah, it's because that's the highest grade. The perfect grade is the highest grade. And then the master uh, grade is uh, pretty average. The, what's it called? Master the, the Zaku, Lunamaria Zaku Warrior came up at one point. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's a good mobile suit. That's I'm what like, it is. That, like, I don't recognize the Zaku. And I'm like, that's because it's from Destiny, not the original series. That's true. I guess if you are a Zaku purist, then. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the Zaku's from Seed Des- or from Seed Destiny, the thing that anyone ever calls it specifically. That's its actual title, but no one ever calls it because that. Because they want to try and split Destiny off of Seed because Seed was good and Destiny was unfinished. Oh, also, the reason I have to buy the Master Grade Extreme comes with a 1100 uh, Kiriyamato and a 1100 Lacus Clan. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. It actually comes with two 1100 Kiras because the one is in a sitting position for the cockpit and one is. <laughs> Standing there to hang out next to Lacus. Uh, so we are watching episode 17, <laughs> Model of the Heart. And you know what model has my heart. You can watch along if you have Crunchyroll. And uh, we recommend you do, I guess. I don't know. I didn't get ask what you guys thought of this episode, but it's gone long. So we can save that for the end. We start out on some kids seeing a Sentinel Gundam. and mo- A Sentinel Gundam model, I suppose I should say. A Sentinel Gundam does not stomp down on them. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, that's a cool Zeta looking Gundam. And Mao, young in the background, is doing his signature nose thing and showing how he won all sorts of Gumpla building tournaments even as a child. Never heard of the Sentinel Gundam. It's from a visual novel. That'd be why. It looks rad. It's very Zeta. It's just like a chunky Zeta, if you haven't seen it. Basically, we're getting Mao's backstory where it's like, I was really good at it, and I assumed that because I was a child prodigy, I was the best there ever was. And we know because this is a Gundam series, and this character is getting an awful lot of characterization, he'll be dead by the end of the episode. Yep. Oh, does, <laughs> how? What do you think Mao's opinion on the piano are? <laughs> <laughs> And anyway. he runs into the Master Gundam from G Gundam. Doing all sorts of weird key moves and defeating a bunch of aquatic mobile suits. I, I love the, is that the mermaid Gundam that is a fish? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that was so cool. You must teach me, Master. Also, I know we've made fun of lots of people's choice of Gunpla and Gundam models. The guy with the cancer can just get out of here. <laughs> permanently. <laughs> what are you even doing? He actually got bullied into it because he couldn't think of any other aquatic mobile suits to do for his swim club, I assume they're all on. (laughs) Nah, it was a bet. Anyway, we get the opening sequence. Uh, With Master, I don't actually know his name, doing a Ginyu pose is the only way I can describe it. Super Sentai pose? Yeah, that would also be an acceptable. It's unfortunate because he's not on a Super Sentai team, nor does he have any transformations. Unless, is that old man actually a common writer? Henshin. (laughs) you know everybody else in the opening always looks so happy like they're enjoying themselves and isla just looks so sad i was like where are my potato chips where are my snacks (laughs) i like to assume that scene of china is actually her turning into plavsky particles (laughs) that's how the series is gonna end everything becomes plavsky yeah just like the end of evangelion exactly yes The end of the opening definitely has a you've activated my trap card feel to it. I love the weight on the camphor's gun, like both the recoil and the impact, even though it's a beam gun. Well, no, because like right before that, you see the yeah, the build mean. strike going down. And then later on, Say and Reiji are both like, yes, he's coming to us. So it's finally the day of the finals. I guess the, the top 16. And they're, dra- they're doing the draw. 
Okay, so we get to zoom in on Ricardo Fellini. He is drinking what appears to be a glass of milk, but don't get it wrong. That's a white Russian he's holding. (laughs) (laughs) As Nielsen is doing a meditating, Isla's eating potato chips and staring at her command gumpla. I actually like this little little shot where she's like looking at this thing because it's the first time she's ever had fun with gumpla. Yeah. At least that's how I read that. Majin Kawagachi has just henchened. (laughs) Uh, And Rinko has to wake up Saiyan Reiji. I forgot about this. I love that they have matching pajamas. How did that happen? Rinko bought them. <laughs> Rage, Rage is just using Say's. Oh, that's... <laughs> Say protests that he just finished fixing up the build strike, but Rinko's like, no, the brackets are about to be announced. You'll be late if you don't get there. You're already late, actually. I love how no one in this series uses a goddamn alarm clock. I um, feel like Say normally does... But Reiji turned it off. I love Say's rambling as he's <laughs> trying to keep up with Reiji running to the... <laughs> yeah, but how one day a man will become new type and will no longer be late. So they end up missing the actual announcements. But as we said in the opening, their first opponent is Mao. I like to imagine he was actually just waiting outside the building for them and they just ran past him because they're in such a hurry they didn't notice him. Oh, good for us. We get to beat the easiest guy first. Yep. The easiest guy with a name. I'm pretty sure Fox from Canada is the easiest guy in the bracket. Not, uh, I already forgot his name. The German guy. He's not in the bracket. He's not in the bracket anymore. Remember, he didn't make it this far. That's why Kilala was interviewing him. That's fair. And he guaranteed that Fellini would lose. Fellini. More like Faolini. Uh, Ramon Khan did make it through, though, to lose to Ricardo (laughs) Fellini. Uh, And it's Peter Morris from from Australia. Giorgios Laritarius gets to lose to Nils Nielsen. From Greece, I then uh, Justin Fox against Majin Kawaguchi the <laughs> third. Yeah. I love how he's got the the full the, the full thing there. Luong has to fight the Mario brothers. I mean the Renato brothers. Yep. And, uh, and Patrick Mannequin made it in. So <laughs> taking your wife's name for the win is that I is that Ireland? Yes, I didn't notice that. That's uh, great. So I guess this top chunk here of the one bracket doesn't matter. I mean, Patrick matters in our hearts, but he is going to lose immediately. <laughs> well, do, none of the other guys up here have names. Like, we, we haven't in, been introduced to any of these people. They don't have names. True. John Ayers McKenzie. Everybody <laughs> else is on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, the Majin has to sweep through. Well, the Majin is like, okay, this is going to be simple. No one else over here has a name. Uh, the brothers kind of have two names, arguably. But we have seen Luong Delara yeah. do something. Although I think we we called him uh, we called him something else, but it's his name is Dalara. Well, it, it, because of Japanese, I pronounce it Darara. So Luane Darara, he goes up there with Karara. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think I know how this is going to end up going. So Niels Nielsen is like, well, obviously Majin Kawaguchi and Isla are going to win. They they're facing <laughs> nameless grunts, and Ricardo's like, also we're going to win, Niels, <laughs> because none of these guys have name. The, our opponents don't have names either. And Niels Nielsen is like, don't let your guard down. But yeah, you're right. We're definitely not going to lose. I mean, yes, they technically have names because they're on the bracket. But they don't have character designs because they haven't shown up ever. And Niels is like, hmm, who will I face in my second battle? That would actually looks like a contest, maybe. Say Iori and Reiji. I just love how it, he's just got the one last name. name. Yeah. And so Ricardo Fellini is like, okay, so what do you, who do you think is going to win? Is it going to be Mao or the main characters? And Nils is like, well, according to my prediction. Cut to Mao. <laughs> cut to Mao doing image training like he did at one time with Say. I actually really like the fact that he's doing all this image training, but every time he comes up with scenarios, he loses. Yeah, I like that. Uh, or I thought Say was doing this at first. I'm like, 
no way you're going to get lucky enough that Mao's just going to shoot your absorb shield. He knows it's an absorb shield. Um, and that's because it's Mao. Imagine what would happen if he did that. The thing that threw me off a little bit was we don't know exactly how like strong the absorb shield actually is. So it's still potentially that he could absorb the satellite cannon. So we see Mao just be like, no, that won't work. Okay, if I do that, we'll, that'll result in close combat. But I probably lose in close combat. And then he'll dodge all my lasers. What if I used missiles? I wouldn't have enough ammo. <laughs> Ragey is just too good at this. I feel like missiles are not a bad way to go because the shield. Well, but... I think that's what he's thinking. Yeah. But then he's like, no, I wouldn't be able to carry enough. He'll overpower me in close combat. Oh, no, there's no way I win. And I haven't even considered the RG system that it has. That we don't actually know, like, what exactly edge does that give him? Because he's only used it once. That Well, we've seen him use it twice. But the like Mao has only seen him use it once, so he doesn't know exactly what he can do with it. So he has the flashback to begging the old man to teach him the awesome trick of Gumpla Key Blasts. And the old man is like, no, I can't be bothered. <laughs> so so Mao-, Mao throws a hissy fit. <laughs> Until the old man offers him some soba noodles, and then he does a complete 180. I've... Oh, no, I thought this was pretty funny. I laughed out loud at that. And then he just, apparently Mao just decided that he was going to harass this old man. He's like, you have to teach me. He's like, no, I must train. And Mao's like, well, let me train with you. And he's like, okay, have a hat. This is your signature (laughs) look now. Is fishing training? Yes. And the old man is like, of course fishing is training. Look at this fish. It's heavier than a gunpla. So he's finding stag beetles. I do kind of like this because this kind of establishes that mostly they are friends. And (laughs) And they're just hanging out. Yep. And we do see them build some beetle-based gumpla. So they are like using the stuff they find out in nature as inspiration. I was wondering if those were anything in particular because they look really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So Malvin takes off and basically is like, okay, I'm going to go talk to the old man to see if he's got any advice. Cut the Ramba Rawl, informing, say, Reiji and us that the battles that took place off screen were very interesting. So interesting <laughs> that they weren't worth showing us. And tomorrow they will have to take on Mao. I'm really sad that Mao wasn't cat-themed. And Reiji's like, hey, isn't that Mao running awkwardly, looking distressed? I love Reiji just being like, huh. <laughs> yeah, Reiji just kind of has the look of, huh, all right, whatever, not really my problem. Uh, so Mao gets on a bullet train. I learned a fun fact. Do you know why Japanese trains are shaped that way at the front? And the answer is not aerodynamics. Kind of. It is because uh, a lot of the Japanese train system decided to bore through mountains when they were doing it. And uh, having regular shaped trains created a ton of noise for everything every time it like entered and exited the tunnels. Um, so they made it so that it entered the tunnels and didn't make as much noise. That's their entire consideration. Huh. Makes sense. For whatever reason, that reminds me of they had to redesign the mirrors on the, when they made the Nissan Leaf. Because really? it was too quiet. The the car was too quiet. You could hear the air going over the mirrors, and it was apparently really annoying. (laughs) At least that's what I heard, so. So Mao goes back to his flashback of seeing the old man do his super key blast technique like he's a Goku. And he's like, wow, you're awesome, master. Please teach me that trick. And he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. If you're as old as me and you practice building Gumpla in our style, you'll be able to do it. Our style, which is me, the the one generation. And Mao's like, you know that's bullshit. Just teach me. <laughs> and the old man is like, I can't be asked to teach you, so you'll have to figure it out yourself. Even if I did teach you, would it make you happy to build a perfect copy of my Gumpla? That's not the way of this school. This school preaches originality. 
and uniqueness. Like whatever the heck that thing is. <laughs> Art te- look, it's the precursor to the Tequila Gundam Dan Kesta. That's I was thinking, what it is. It's like the same color scheme and everything. We see that they have a nice big Gumpla shelf with all sorts of weird, innovative Gumpla. And he's like, use your experience to expand your imagination and then model the ideal that lies within your heart. This is what I preach. So in the present, Mao arrives back at the school where the old man is looking over his Gumpla shelf and then his anime girl figure shelf. (laughs) See, Lacus, Lunamaria, Felt. Chun-Li. (laughs) Chun-Li. I think, isn't that Lala? That is Lala. And this is uh, Marie, uh, not Marita Cruz. Um, All I can think is, it's Audrey Byrne is the fake name she uses. And uh, Maneva Zabi, that's who that is. I could only think of Aubrey Hepburn. I'm like, that's not even... She, her fake n- name is not quite that dumb. Oh, and Emma Sheen on the far left, that's her elbow. And then <laughs> there's like a SD Gundam thing in the front as well. And I know what that's called, but I don't, not off the top of my head. It'll come back to me. I love how that shelf... Yeah, because the shelf is right behind him, and there's Emma Sheen. Is it right underneath all the Gunpla? Yeah, they have the Gunpla shelf, and then the sexy shelf. <laughs> the sexy shelf is the lowbrow one. So the old man's like, hey, aren't you in the middle of a tournament? What are you doing here? And so Mao gets down on all fours and starts begging to be taught the master's secret technique. Yes, because you're going to be able to master it and use it in a little over twelve, or a little under twelve hours. Hey, tournaments uh, and stress make you innovate more. Uh, then we don't get an eye catch. I too gain inspiration from a Gundam girl on my shelf, whether I like it or not, because Zach got it for me. Bonus points if you've been listening long enough to know which one it is. Also, hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Gundam Built Fighters, the one where I wish Mao was a cat. Now, this actually begins a series of pretty good fights, on average, that all begin the episode from the perspective of the people that you know Sei and Reiji are about to beat. It's actually a pretty good inversion of the standard tournament arc formula, and I like it fairly well. Nothing in particular to plug this week, but if you head over to our Discord, uh, our game night is this coming Sunday, and I think we're going to be playing some MechWarrior 5, so if running around in a giant bipedal Doom Mech sounds fun to you, then you should join us. I don't think I have anything else. I'm staring at a tree right now, so I think that means I'm tapped. But unsh. Anyway, giant space lasers. Pretend that was a segue. Bye. Why do And we come back to the full moon being blocked by the clouds as Mao begs. And he's like, I know it's against the teachings of our school, but I want to win. Which is his expressly stated reason for doing this. I do like he finished this, uh, finishes this and uh, the master is just like, okay. Fine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, just a little. It's such an <laughs> anticlimactic answer. Anyway, come at me, bro. <laughs> They begin fighting in a mud pit. Mao is like, is this going to teach me anything? And he's like, this isn't a mud pit, boy. This is an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. And Mao is like, ow. And he's like, how take your lumps. To help me we don't have time. How to do this on a plastic model table. Yeah, anyway, uh, the old man just judo throws him a lot. It starts to rain. As it does. This is... Amusingly, also the best way to learn Aikido is just get so tired that you can't think anymore. And it turns out that's how you do Aikido. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Ultra Instinct? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Mao get thrown on the ground for enough times. It's like, come on, this isn't teaching me anything. 
And he's like, oh, running out of gas already? Is that all the shonen spirit you got? <laughs> so he, he gets Mal angry and then just tells him to bring it. So then we cut to the past where it's snowing. And Mao's like, so who's your favorite hottie from Gundam Master? <laughs> I like Emma Sheen because she's capable and like a real character and determined <laughs> and pretty and all this. And the master's like, hmm, let me think. <laughs> As I go through the Maru Ramius greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> As he remembers all the Star Trek bounces. That's what those were, right? <laughs> the Maru Ramis took. I was like, yeah, definitely Maru. Yeah, like I said, Maru's Lohengrins. Um. <laughs> and he's like, remember, Mao, you don't need a reason to like anything. You just have to like it. Cut to Mao waking up after having been beat up by, his, <laughs> by an old man. In the morning, I would have honestly laughed if he, had, if he forfeit because he didn't show up. But he's got a letter from his master that says, I got bored, so I went home. <laughs> yeah, which I love. <laughs> I do love the fact that it's just, I'm tired, so I went home. And Mao's like, oh, he's so selfish. He just does whatever he likes. Whatever he likes. That's the secret all along. <laughs> he looks at the sexy shelf. And we see the right of it that's got um, Mayrin and uh, Sela and Maru and Marita Cruz and... Oh, why can't I think of Marina Ismail's name? It's Marina Ismail. And I swear to God, that's Nickel. I know it's not Nickel. <laughs> it looks like... Who is who is here in the in the foreground? Like, uh, I, her, she looks familiar. She but is I, from Gundam X, but I can't tell you her name. Um, it's not it's not uh, Garrett Ron's love interest, right? Because she's, oh. she's younger than that. My question is... Does is this not where the old man lives? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe he's got a house separate from his dojo. I guess. You know, it is kind of amusing. As of all those characters, all the most of the uh, the female characters there are like, you know, praying or looking hopeful or doing something. And Maru has the like the clipboard yeah, and is like, "Do what I said." Yeah, Maru's like, "Fire." <laughs> Taihi is a Taihi. I feel like that sound is engraved into my head after hearing it so many times. Cut to the convention center where China's walking in, and she's like, oh, hey, I recognize you, random person. You're from the inn. I never would have thought you would have shown up again in this story. She's like, I'm here to be motivational support for Mao later. I'm a Saki audience. I came to cheer for Mao. Please don't make a big deal about it. I I feel bad that I'm not cheering for Iori and Reiji, but they only half helped me throw a gangster out of my inn. (laughs) And they already have a cheer section. Apparently, her seat was right next to Rinko and uh, China's, though. I don't think they have assigned seats. Although, they do always put China and Rawl in the exact same... I don't know if you noticed, but even the people around them are the same every time they're it's in those seats. It's probably just recycled. Yep. So, Reiji's getting annoyed that uh, Mao hasn't shown up because he doesn't want to win by default, which very much tracks with with uh, Reiji's character. Like, he'll take a win, but he doesn't... Or, he'll take a loss... But he doesn't want to win by default. But Mao bounds up into the arena and is like, no, I made it. I'm exhausted, but I made it. He took the band-aid off of his face that he woke up with. Do you think they know what field they're going to be fighting on before they start? I think it's random. Uh, Okay, I have a really quick question. Because the table that they're using for the tournament is huge, right? Yes. And normal GP-based tables or whatever the hell they are actually are much smaller. Is this field larger? Do they, does something scale differently? What What's uh, uh, anything? Is the field bigger or are is it like the display is just bigger? Yeah, I cannot tell you the answers to this question. I'm just questions. confused. Uh, anyway, they roll field one, space. Which is a really good field for Mao, specifically. To be fair, it's pretty good for the star build strike as well. 
because it gets to use its maneuverability and speed. That's the one thing I am disappointed in from Reiji's fighting style is that he relies on the gun a lot. And I feel like given that he in real life is a close combat specialist. I mean, when he gets in close, though, he's very good. That's fair. Like that fight between him and Fellini, remember? And and all of Mao's images like, no, Reiji's going to kick my ass (laughs) if he gets in close. That's a fair point. I think, and this might be me attributing it, it might be a situation where Reiji relies more on the gun because he is worried he will break it if he gets in close. I just assumed it was cheaper to animate. (laughs) Realistically, that's probably more the case, but I want to go with mine because we have seen him kind of be sympathetic about breaking the star build strike whenever it happens to come up. Speaking of cheap to animate, Mao starts off with his giant satellite cannon, which, as predicted, Reiji dodges. I mean, it makes sense, because if he would have landed that shot, that would have ended the fight right there. Unless, as you speculated, the absorbed shield could take it. Uh, Mao takes another shot, much to say surprise that he can fire so quickly in succession, and Reiji mostly dodges, but it gets just a little bit of the shield and destroys it. So apparently the shield cannot take that much juice. Well, he didn't try to activate it either, so it just, like, took it on the front. Reiji then counter-responds with both a beam rifle and a hip railgun simultaneously. Which damages the solar panel that Mao has installed on his gunpla that lets him fire multiple times in succession. Yeah, he's like, oh, I get it, he uses solar panels. Instead of just moon panels. And Reiji is like, (laughs) stop being a nerd, say... (laughs) <laughs> I love the fact that Ray is like, I don't care about the explanation. How I care about what I care about is winning. No, what he cares about apparently is that Mao is enjoying the battle, which is like a, I don't see how that's relevant personally, but okay. <laughs> well, after they saw him yesterday, maybe Reiji actually did care despite the face he was making. <laughs> maybe. They get in close and we see that the Gundam X Mao has the crossbone Gundam's beam sabers rather than the X's because they are cool. Reiji manages to punch a hole through the satellite cannon, so Mao doesn't have it anymore, but Mao takes out uh, Reiji's gun in reply, so now they're back to beam clashing. Well, and going between close combat and beam clashing, because they still have their hip beam rifles. And Mao still has his other beam rifle. Yeah, his regular ass one. Then we get to like the most Gundam build divers I feel like this series ever gets, with them being like, oh, Mao, you're sure cool. This battle sure is great that we're watching, huh? (laughs) We got a lot of really awesome stills from it, but, like, nothing's actually happening. Yeah, and the animation isn't as good as it usually is. That's made up par in part by how good the stills are. Like, some of the clashes in particular like, are really good. Especially looking at how good the fight with Ricardo Fellini was. Yeah, they definitely needed to save budget after that. And we see Mouse Master is here to hang out with Rambaral and watch the fight. They're just missing one guy from the opening so that we would have that shot. And... Robert Rawls like, yeah, he got over his doubt, so now he has a chance. As, and his master is basically like, yeah, I beat the shit out of him. That's, a, <laughs> that's how I helped. Of course, you still aren't as good as Reiji is at this. Or as, say, by their combined talents. And you do suffer from one particular vulnerability that they don't. You don't have the writer on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, we get a shot of a bunch of the other uh, contestants watching the fight. And I love that Alan's eyes are just, like, <laughs> wide and shaky. Well, so... I think from a lot of this, Alan has kind of been operating under the assumption that we're going to sweep this. It's going to be easy because we're the main, we're PPSE, and we have the Majin on our side. And now he's kind of getting a look of, oh, shit, these people actually know what they're doing. Even Nils Nielsen thinks this battle is cool, but Isla didn't show up. 
she didn't care about watching her boyfriend that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that we don't get a shot of her at all, though she kind of thinks the fight is a <laughs> foregone conclusion. So. Yeah. Ragey ditches the beam saber for some reason. Because they're going to finish it off with their signature moves. So Mao's like, I'm going to use my solar panels and my moon laser to make a really big beam saber. Yeah, shiny Mao sword. <laughs> Shining Mao pirate sword. Thank you. <laughs> I do like how he can plug it in and give it that boost it's yeah. kind of a neat idea the moon yeah. juice so if he loses his big satellite cannon he can still use the power but saiyan reiji have the rg system available in stores now i assume it's just been charging over the course of this battle i don't really understand how this works anyway they call punching someone with it the build knuckle now <laughs> <laughs> well, well apparently it like supercharges it because he clashed punch clashes with Mao's beam sword. He kind of catches it on the side. It looks to me like he's like punching the side of the sword. Yeah, like he's going to destroy the beam from like he's going to uh, Karnak this thing. If you know who Karnak is, hi Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) It it looked to me like Mao is swinging it straight down and Reiji is punching it. Punching the blade? Yes. I honestly can't tell. It looks like he's punching it from the side to me too, but it is a little hard to say. But we we can see the Gundam X Mao is starting to take cracks. Yeah, somehow this punch is reverberating through the beam into the Mao, and the build strike is fine. Eventually, he punches it so good it just becomes a bunch of particles, and the, the build strike shining fingers through. And Mao's like, oh no. And here we find out that the X in Gundam X Mao stands for explode. <laughs> and Mao does open his eyes right before he gets knocked out. Cut to the empty convention center where Misaki is waiting for Mao to get out of his dressing room, locker room, <laughs> whatever they got. And he's like, oh, hey, that girl I like came to see me lose. That's cool. Thanks. Thanks for coming all this way so that I could lose. <laughs> it's flattering, really. I do like the subtle animation. Like, he's smiling at her as he's walking towards her. But his fa- the top half of his face is completely in shadow. Oh, I was going to say, as soon as he passes, he, uh, he drops the smile. So. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you were really cool. And Mao's like, thanks. I got to go cry about it. <laughs> uh, which he does by the lake because he's so frustrated from his loss and he's a competitor. Until his master comes up. On the one hand, he shouldn't cry about it. On the other hand, I've seen professional NFL players do the same after the Super Bowl or the playoffs. So, yeah. And his master's like, hey, good battle. This is why I can't quit Gumpla. You just have to do better next time. Well, yeah, lots of people who are super competitive say if you don't get super upset after you lose, it's over. Because how else are you going to get better? But Mao's like, yeah, I got to build a better Gumpla. I will build a better Gumpla with Blackjack. And hookers. No, hookers. (laughs) This this series is too young for hookers. With Blackjack and girlfriends. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) It ends on a picture of Mao's smiling face. Uh, But wait, there's more. By which I mean, Say and Reiji are just hanging out in the arena being like, like Man. they're not even in the dugout. They're like in the hallway leading to the floor. Yeah, they're in the entrance place. So if any wrestlers come in, they'll see it first. <laughs> and says like, I bet if we fight Mao again, he'll be even stronger if we get like a sequel series. And Reiji's like, and Reiji's like, I'm drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, the battle's already over. Yep. The next battle. And they're like, hey, what happened? Didn't that just start? And we see Wang Dalala's poor Beetleborg is in pieces. And, so, and nobody knows exactly how. He lost to the Smug Brothers. And they're like, oh, so much for being a top contender. This was easy. It's a me, Smugio. And that's the end of the episode. What did you guys think? It was all right. 
I like some of the Mao backstory stuff. I mostly like how cool the old man is and that he can have a cool... You don't often see relationships depicted between people who are, like, wildly different in ages who aren't, like, family. Except in Miyazaki movies. Except in Miyazaki movies. Is uh, it anything other than just straight up master and pupil? It's not like they're actually... They don't seem like they're actually friends with each other. Yeah, so I kind of like that, like, they, they just hang out and have fun together because that's the thing you can do regardless of age. Yay. Uh, but other than that, the episode was kind of boring. So <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, but that's mostly because like I'm not a huge fan of Mao as a character. I don't really like him. I find him kind of annoying. He is kind of annoying. That is also true. Uh, but I, I do like his master and all that. But other than that, like the fight wasn't super stellar because like if I'm ranking fights here, I mean, it might go at number three, but that's largely because... Like, we haven't seen much before 1 and 2, and even then, I'm not entirely sure if I'd put it above the fight with the uh, bear guy. So, yeah, it feels like a cooldown episode. They're really been like, oh, man, this fight is so cool, which makes it seem lamer because <laughs> it doesn't live up to that. Yeah, even though there are some really cool single shots in there, like one of Reiji wielding both beam sabers and firing both hip guns for like a second. But there's not enough of the spinning and close combat animation this yeah. series is so good at. Don't sh- don't tell me how cool this fight is. Show me how cool this fight is. I will say, in the ne- I, I really like the fight in the next episode, which blows this one out of the water, which makes me wonder if they saved some budget here to animate that one. I was going to say, it's no Zaku Amazing, boy. It's no Zaku Amazing. That's I don't think we're going to get a fight on that level. I'm not even entirely sure if there's another Gundam series that would put one in, but I also haven't finished watching Witch from Mercury yet. That's mostly about tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> I kind of figured that. Yeah, this episode and really the rest of the series pulls an interesting trick where because it's a foregone conclusion who's going to win, it's kind of from the other competitor's perspective. And we don't really see much of Saiyan Reiji in this episode. It's all about Mao's backstory and his preparation for the battle, which is kind of interesting because we spent so much time with Saiyan Reiji. And that kind of works for these characters we've spent time with before, like Mao. It's kind of a problem whenever you're dealing with a tournament they I've, I've found they tend to operate as either a setting or a plot and here they're kind of the plot which is a problem because we already know what the we, we know what the finals are going to look like and if like, we've studied any tropes or paid attention to any other stories yeah and like i said i think it's an interesting attempt to circumvent that by focusing on the other character in these episodes i mean they they might have done it a little bit better if they'd leaned and not to say that they do it badly if they'd leaned harder into the idea of this being kind of like an esport, like you have said in the past, leaning harder into that idea would have probably reinforced that. But they still kind of want to like they're having they're straddling it in a weird like middle ground. So do you have a high point, Tyler? Um, what is my high point in this episode? I'm gonna say catching beetles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I like that montage. I think it's cute. Zach, I think my high point as Silly as it might be, is Reiji talking to Say right before the battle and saying, we don't want to win by default, and how happy he is that Mal shows up. Oh yeah, that was actually going to be my point, is that, like, this show does not have much of a plot, but it is heavily driven by its characters, so, um, and I think that is, like, that is one of them, because Reiji is that guy, Reiji really wants to win, but I think even more than winning, the way his character has been presented is he wants a good fight. He wants to compete. Or yeah. he wants the competition. He wants a good com- competition. Granted, he wants to win because he is a competitor. But more than that, he wants to just have a really, really good, fun, tough competition with somebody. 
Mine's going to be that one shot of the Starbuilt Strike wielding both its beam sabers and shooting both of its hip guns. Do you have a low point, Tyler? It is specifically Nils Nielsen going, amazing, because that is not a reaction he has had or will have. I mean, I think think that's supposed to be the point. It's to try and get this battle over, but I agree with you that because the battle isn't amazing, it doesn't work. Yep. I mean, if they had, I I think the problem with Nils' reaction, and this is actually tied to my low point as well, is because we have Reiji saying the same thing and other people saying the same thing. Now, if it was just Niels saying that, because we've already been shown Niels as a character, he kind of regards Gunpla and this competition as a means to an end, and not the mean uh, the end in of itself. And showing him having those kind of reactions, kind of as a like a character motivator or a character change or arc, arc is the word I'm looking for, of him kind of re- coming to regard Gunpla more as not the means to an end to discover the the particles secrets and all and all that but just something that he can enjoy as its own thing as well would make a lot of sense for the, him to have that reaction but it really just feels like they're reinforcing that idea of look how cool that this is so that's my low point what's yours jeremy i think mine is going to be rambaral being like oh there sure were some cool battles we didn't see even the battles <laughs> we don't see sure are cool huh guys i think it might have been better if it was just a matter of man Fellini and Niels kicked the shit out of those guys. <laughs> said, those were interesting battles. Well, here's who won, period. We don't really care about otherwise. Here's who won. You already know. What was interesting about Fellini's battles that he uses motorcycle as a bludgeoning tool. <laughs> here's how, what was so interesting is Fellini did it with one hand behind his, tied behind his back. And Nils Nielsen just walked up, pushed up glasses that weren't there and said, just as planned. The other couple <laughs> fell apart. Uh. <laughs> I, I actually, I really hope Fellini incorporates the stupid cape punch technique into a future fight. I think we're going to see him fight one more time and that's it. He's going to lose his next battle. Uh-huh. It's easy to see because we know who his next yeah, battle is going to be against. Because we know the bracket. And then he has to fight a Swedish person working for a fracking magnate, his one weakness. <laughs> and more importantly, he already fought Saiyan Reiji yeah. in the story. He's already fought those two. So having them go again, with the, especially with the same gunpla, doesn't have the same kind of story chops or story like sense, I guess, as him losing to Isla to, job, to help job for her. Or sorry, the leader of Team Nemesis. We don't know her name. <laughs> oh, no, we know her. She, oh, no, we know she's yeah. Isla Yurkiainen. We don't know who the mysterious person who is Who's... hanging out with Reiji sometimes is. Right, right. Oh, we, we do learn her name this week. <laughs> we do. Week, yes. So. <laughs> Le- legally distinct Isla. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a MVP, Tyler? I'm going to say Mao's teacher, who, as far as I'm aware, goes unnamed this entire show. He probably has one, but I don't know what it is. Master. Jisho. I was going to say, I was going to call him old man, uh, old man Shingyo. I was thinking the same thing, but I don't want to give him two. I think it might be actually be Mal. I mean, it this episode puts a lot of focus on Mal. And just from what it has shown us, Mal actually does a lot of growing up is not quite the right word, but like he does undergo kind of an arc here, even if it is truncated and short. Yep. I think it has to be Mao as well, because it's his episode, and no one like shines above him in it, I don't think. I think giving it to his master is fair, if you think he was the standout, but there's not like it's not like saying Reiji do something super cool this episode to steal yeah. the spotlight from him. He does not have a first name, it turns out. Does he have a last name? It is Shinon. Shinon-sama. 
Yeah, Ma- Master Chinon is what he officially... Unless his first name is Master. That might be possible. No, because his last name would have to be Asia if that was the case. <laughs> All right, we haven't added any mobile suits to uh, this list in a thousand years, I think. So it is time to do so. The Gundam X Mal. Long enough yeah. that somebody actually called us out on it. I mean, I've been thinking about that for a while. We should have put the Abrigabine on there earlier, but I was like, I'm pretty sure we see it get blown up and we can do it then. And I was right. <laughs> but the Gundam X Mal first. I'm honestly not a huge fan of this. I'm not either. I think it's kind of a boring design. I don't like the Gundam X, and I feel like it would go one spot above the Gundam X if it was on the list because, because it has- it's purple? <laughs> no, because it has the uh, crossbone Gundam sword, and that makes it cooler than the Gundam X. <laughs> But we don't have the Gundam X on here. Not as cool as the Calamity Gundam, I don't think, which is a similar artillery-style Gundam. I actually like it a little bit better than the Cal- I think the Calamity is a more creative design, though, so I'm a little bit torn on that. I don't think I like it as much as the, as the Calamity Gundam, and a lot of that comes from the fact that the, that the Gundam X Mao here is a very wiry mobile suit. Whereas the Calamity Gundam looks, it's, like, it's very chunky, it looks like a heavy support mech. And I, I like that factor about it, and I don't like the fact that the Gundam X Mao is such a kind of scrawny little dude. Yeah, and like, I I kind of like it for that reason, but I think also you've convinced me. So I like it more than the heavy arms, but I expect the two of you to overrule me on that. I know I just said I, I don't, I, <laughs> I prefer the heavier look, and I think I prefer the heavy arms largely because I, if I'm honest, I like Gatling guns, like... I really like Gatling guns, and the Heavy Arms has a bunch of them, plus all the missiles, whereas this thing is like, I have one really big beam cannon, and I don't have this cool flip-out solid metal saber. That's the dumbest part of the Heavy Arms. (laughs) Which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. And it's not red. And it's not red. But it is purple, Zach. But it's not red. (laughs) I think I give it to the Heavy Arms, personally. Again, the Gundam X Mao is just like kind of an uninspired design for me, and the heavy arms is at least unique in the Gundam canon. So it's a lot. It's a lot closer. I think we're getting into the right area. I don't like it as much as I like the build strike. The the regular build strike, the full yeah. pack, not the okay, so not, not the, the star, star build, build strike, strike, which we have not yet ranked, which is yeah. just very strike inspired, right? Yeah, I think I agree. I think I also agree. I think I like it more than the Sarah V Gundam Saharazard, another build mobile suit that's heavy. Though that one does combine with the Archangel. Or I'm sorry, the Ptolemy. The, the Ptolemy, the, yeah. Not the Archangels. Um, I like the Scheherazade custom a surprising amount. Also, a I, lot of what's doing the lifting for me is the color scheme, honestly. It's hard to say. I The color scheme is really good on both versions of the Cerevi, actually. I think I might have to give it to the Cerevi Scheherazade. Okay, what about the regular Cerevi? I also think it's better than that, but... I think I like the regular Cerevi because I like the color scheme on the heavy mech a lot well, more. And I like the Gundam X Mao better than the regular-ass Cerevi. Okay, so. so it goes above the Cerevi then because I also think it's better. How would we think it compares to the RX-78-2? Comparing... The original-ass Gundam. The yeah. OG. I actually like the X Mao better than the original Gundam. I wish there was more variation in the colors going on, but I like the design better overall. Although those gold uh, accents, those are hard to beat. I think I like the bog standard RX-78, but I can't definitively say yet. I'm like, do I, or is that just, like, even though I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the RX-78, there is enough there from uh, the, uh, I was specifically thinking the Super Robot Wars games mm-hmm. because it shows up in there a decent amount. It's also got Wait, just, like, a bonkers arsenal, and I do love it for that. 
I like the sleekness of the X Mao a little more. So I think I'm putting it above, and you said above as well. Yep. So Zach doesn't have to make a choice. How does it compare to Zach's least favorite Gundam that starts with sword, the sword impulse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it as much as the sword impulse because I like the dumb Darth Maul of the big sabers, but. I do not like the Darth Mauling of the double <laughs> big sabers, and I hate the impulse. So I think I have to give it to the Gundam X Mao. I mean, I also just think the Gundam I, I do like the the X like frame of the wings on it for this the solar charger yep I, I think also that's like the cool big dumb look. satellite cannon so I think I would also have to give it to the X Mao. all right better or worse than the Wyndham it well better mm. than the Wyndham um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree better like than the, the Wyndham. Wyndham no I also I mean the Wyndham is as high on the list as it is for a reason I think but so the Gundam X Mao gives it number 62 Above the Wyndham and below the Sarah V Gundam Saharazard. Cool. You can do it, More than halfway. It's uh, above the halfway mark, so I'll buy a fair chunk. Uh, what is the halfway point on the list? Uh, now I have to do math, Zach. <laughs> 72 is the dual Gundam with assault shroud. <laughs> <laughs> the RX 78 is at plus six. Well, Consider th- those are pretty average Gundams. No, the so. O Gundam is directly above the duel with the soldier. The double O is directly below. <laughs> <laughs> Do we also want to put the Abrigabine on this week? I'm yeah. down. Do some Beetleborgs. I don't like it. Me neither. <laughs> I like its color scheme a lot. And I kind of like the beetle thing. This is going to be a weird one, but I'm like, what are Gundams that look weird? And the first one that comes to mind is the Providence. And I don't like it as much as the Providence, personally. I think me neither. I I, I think we both like the Providence more than Zach does, though. Yeah, so. that's definitely <laughs> true. But I think I would agree. The, the how, how the hell do you say this thing's name? The Aber... Abrigabine? Abrigabine is what I'm saying. I don't know if that's right. I don't. I think it only has one B in the We're saying name, it, though, it is so. officially the Abrigabine, though. I know it's Brian is the end, because... It's a uh, or bind at the end because it's semi. It's an homage to Dunbine. Okay, maybe I should just look up Luane Delala. I mean, I actually like a fair. Actually, I don't like most of the things in Dunbine. Like the grunt suits in Dunbine don't do anything for me. But you like the main character designs. The 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 couple that the main characters driver much better. I think. Yeah, I think you're correct. I th- I, th- I would also pronounce this a, b- a bigger bind, a bigger bind, a bigger bind. Can I see it so I can spell it when the time comes? You both are going to say worse than the Baku, but I'm going to say better than the Baku, because I can have weird-shaped mobile suits. Worse than the Baku. Um, I, I like think, Doggo mobile suit. I actually think better than the Baku, and part of what's putting it up above for me is the stupid double-sided scythe. I like that. I like the like, missiles in the arm, and I, like I said, I like the color scheme. Uh, I have somehow passed by uh, Andrew Waltfeld's ride that I know is above the... The Legrow? The yeah. Legrow? Where is that? Legrow? How would the, that series have been different if Andrew Waltfeld was French? <laughs> it might be above the providence um it is above the providence okay that's why we skipped it so i got a big swath not as good as the gaia gundam which turns into a thing that looks weird yeah yeah i'd agree with that how do we think it compares to the gundam x mao which we just put on the list i actually like it more but i think i prefer the gundam x mao because the like because it's trying to be an homage to dunbine it doesn't really fit with the Gundam aesthetic, and for what, and that kind of bothers me here. Oh, but the way, Baku is fine. Yes, yep. I'm one hundred percent the opposite. For the record, <laughs> get the Baku out of here. I'm fine with the Abrigabine. Well, one of the reasons is because the Baku is kind of explained in universe. This is a little bit like the cancer. Whereas this <laughs> I thing, know is our just, thoughts about the cancer. No, I, I'm more of like it's got a specialty. It's a it's a high speed cavalry desert unit. That's what it's for. 
Um, I, I think I'm going to side with you on this one. I like the kind of mechs now more. All right. Final question. Better or worse than this is Sahara v. Gundam Saharazad. I like the Abrigabine more, but... Huh. I think I do, too, actually. That's a weird comparison, but... I mean, everything in here is weird comparisons. Not, not everything. Not really. Uh, Sometimes we compare the strike to the star build strike. For the record, <laughs> I do think... I do like... I, for the record, I do think I prefer the Sahara v. Saharazad to the Abrigabine. So the Abrigabine goes at number 61, above the Sahara v. Saharazad, and below the Gaia Gundam. As it should be. Definitely below the Gaia Gundam. I think that'll do it for this week. The longest build fighters we've had in a while. It helps when we just mess around for the first half <laughs> and when we add a Gundam. Join us next week when we will watch episode 18, Bloodhounds. A, an episode in which Say and Reiji basically do not appear. They're largely a, they're around in the first half of the episode. Basically do not appear. <laughs> I have eyes only for the Majin. Podcast ended.